Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. And uh, find us wherever you podcast at Lakes, Woods, and Irons as well, and also lakeswoodsandirons.com. This segment brought to you in part by Craigan's Legacy Courses, home of the uh, new Dutch 9 plus uh, the CRMC Classic coming up soon, and SCR Northern, the ones with Old Man Winter on the truck. Chris Foley with me. Chris, as we catch you, you're caught in a rainstorm out on the practice tee and uh, uh, managed to get a little time uh, time with me. <laughs> that's right. Second best option. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather be teaching the game, but we can talk about the game, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. PGA regular season came to an end. FedEx Cup is upon us, and it's a short run now with uh, one last tournament, right? Yeah, so three three events here in the FedEx Cup. This week is uh, in Memphis. The following week in uh, in Chicago at the BMW Championship, and then the last week they go to Atlanta at East Lake. So uh, one less event event than they've had in the past, and um, should be a, you know a good finish to the wire. It's uh, uh, it's interesting. Some of the you know we're it, we're taping on Friday, and uh, Lucas Glover, who won last week, uh, first win in several years, uh, he's, uh, boy, he's he's continuing his great play this week. So, yeah, uh, as we as we speak, he's nine hundred through thirteen, so five hundred nice. day. Yeah, so he's rolling. Spieth got off to a great start. That always gets people excited. He's a very popular player. Yeah, it's good to see Jordan Spieth. Playing well, he, he really he's played he's played pretty well all year, um, but uh, yeah, eight under on Thursday and uh, one under through nine on Friday. So that's kind Tommy of, Fleetwood playing well again. Yeah, Fleetwood's going well, and Tom Kim is doing real well. Yeah, Kim got into the mud and had to roll up his pants yesterday. I see on Thursday. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's quite a character, anyway. So he probably didn't mind that. He is. He is. He is a character. And it's what fifty fifty five less guys that stopped seventy. It was one twenty five, wasn't it? A couple of years back. Yeah, the, it started off uh, up until this year. It's been the, the top one twenty five, and this year they're they're only taking seventy, or the, it was low seventy. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting because I mean it. You know, with the, with the the designated events uh, that they've you know, that they have moving forward, you know, if you finish in the top 50, that, that gets you into all the designated events. So uh, with only 70 players qualifying, you get a much easier chance to to make that, that top 70 or that top 50. So it, it's going to be interesting. The, this schedule is going to keep evolving over the next year and, and two years, with, especially with all the live stuff. And, right. Uh, the the tours in they're kind of in a state of disarray at the moment actually. Yeah, they are a little uh, bit, still a little backbiting going on between some of the players on the two different uh, two different tours. <clears throat> yeah, Rory, Rory let uh, Rory let Phil have it today with the big gambling allegation. So yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it uh, he threw some pretty good uh, <laughs> pretty good zingers his way. You know, it was uh, and. Uh, it, uh, boy, that, that book is, that Billy Walters is coming out with is going to be very fascinating. It's, uh, 
I, I pre-ordered it about nine months ago when I when I saw it was coming out, and it's uh, you know you don't you don't know exactly what's true, but uh, man, he's got some pretty pretty stinging allegations with with Mickelson. You know, he says he's bet over a billion or he's bet a billion dollars in the last you know thirty 15 years, to twenty years, unbelievable. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, lost over a hundred hundred million dollars. So <laughs> uh, you, you just you just wonder when when you hear those numbers, it would be you know you go well. <laughs> some of the some of the stuff he's done, like you know, go to live, like uh, you know, accuse the tour of the you know taking the rights to you know all the everybody's likenesses and. All those type of things, you, you know, you, you do you do some pretty desperate things when you're in need of that type of money, I guess. Yeah, that could be. That could certainly be it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's just the the amount of money is unbelievable. I mean, it's if you've lost a hundred million and you've got four hundred million, that's one thing. But when you get down to uh, yeah, get down to nothing. And I I'm <laughs> thinking maybe your wife is saying, okay, whatever you're doing. I need a hundred million in my bank account right now, because you're not spending yeah. my money. <laughs> well, and one of the excerpts said, uh, I can't remember the year, but it said he placed three thousand bets. So that that's an average of a dozen bets per day. Um, <laughs> well, I mean that <laughs> that that is a lot of gambling. Yeah, how do you even keep track? They say it was legendary for just the uh, the Wednesday games on tour, you know. Oh, yeah. Grabbing a few, several hundreds and uh, putting them on the line against other guys. Yeah. It's, it's one it's one thing playing for a little cash on the golf course, but, man, if you're betting on, if you're betting on baseball and, and football and college football <laughs> and yeah. everything yeah. in between, that's, uh, <laughs> that's something. Yeah, it's different than a dollar, dollar, dollar that I used to play my dad for. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> got a couple of good guests coming up. We've got the Thomas Longbella, who's a Staples native and played for the University of Minnesota. We'll have that one coming up for you next on The Fan, 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, and 105.1 FM. Uh, find us at Lakes, Woods, and Irons on podcasting as well and also streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. have a, a special guest with me, Thomas Longbella, playing the PGA Tour Canada right now on the phone uh, from Canada. And uh, Thomas, where are you this week? I'm up in uh, Toronto, just a little north of Toronto in uh, Caledon Village, it's called, at TPC Toronto. Okay. We're about a month away from uh, getting back in the good old U.S. of A. for you uh, in your home state, really, uh, uh, Brainerd. The uh, CRMC Championship presented by Gertens is coming up August 28th. Last year, it seemed like a lot of the guys were kind of glad to be have a tournament in the U.S. You guys kind of feel the same way, Thomas? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it, you know, obviously I'm close enough to drive, but even the guys who are flying and I think it's, you know, a little little easier to fly domestically into Minneapolis and then sure. It's not a not a far drive, just just straight up north. So yeah, the travel is easy and feeling at home in the States is nice for a week for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, will you get to go home a little bit while you're here maybe? 
Um, a little bit. I think, uh, yeah, I think we're playing in Winnipeg the week prior to that. So I'll have a few weeks off after um, next week in Windsor and then, you know, drive up to Winnipeg, kind of drive right through there and then drive down to, to Brainerd and play. So should be a great stretch. Talk a little bit about the traveling life. You were at the University of Minnesota playing college golf and kind of flying all over the country, I assume. Now you're, uh, Canada's a big country, and you guys <laughs> go to a lot of different uh, provinces in Canada. It's uh, it's kind of the the uh, living out of a suitcase lifestyle, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I just, uh, I actually just got done doing my laundry last night down in the <laughs> hotel. So you kind of... <laughs> got to get got to get used to doing that um but honestly th- this year it's been really nice um you know we i flew out west and played in victoria and then kind of jumped around played in edmonton and saskatchewan which were fairly close to each other and then um we had a week off and the rest of this stretch has been drivable which is really nice you know being from the midwest and being able to we drove out to Montreal and then kind of have been just backtracking our way to we finished this four week stretch in Windsor and then, you know, drive back for a couple weeks off before the Brainerd Winnipeg swing. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's been, it's been good. It's, it's fun. I, I've really enjoyed it. Seeing different places in Canada. It's a, it's a beautiful country for sure. You run into a lot of uh, former college opponents or teammates, uh, Thomas on that tour. Um, a few, yeah, yeah. One of them obviously just had an interesting thing happen to him, but um, yeah, my my a, a guy that was a year younger than me um, has conditional status and played well in the first event. So this is our first event after the reshuffle. So he'll he'll be in this week. His name's Will Gravelis. Um Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. A few guys that you know. A lot of guys that I've known throughout junior golf and in college golf, and yeah, a few golfers for sure too. Sure, and a pretty successful uh, season so far. You sit thirty third, and uh, obviously the goal to get into the top five, and then uh, segue into the Corn Ferry Tour, which some guys did last year who are, have really done well into the PGA and beyond. So uh, it's a real opportunity to be a stepping stone. How much can you move, uh, say, say you would win in one of the next coming tournaments, Thomas? How close could you get to the top five? Well, the way that the points work, you'd, you know, a win, you kind of got to win to get into that top five. And, yeah. you know, for me, made, having made a few cuts and playing decent, I think I would be, you know, really close right away with a win. So, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, the the points spread, you know, it's it's pretty top heavy. So having those higher finishes really goes a long way, considering we only have nine regular season events. So right, um, yeah, yeah. You were in uh, Brainerd last year uh, for the CRMC. How did it go for you last year here? Um, it was it was good. I I thought I played well. I just um, I don't know. I guess maybe wasn't as aggressive as I needed to be. I think it was, it was an interesting week because the course was super firm Monday, Tuesday, and then it downpoured on Wednesday. And yeah. so it was kind of an easier, <laughs> right. easier test to golf. I think I ended up shooting, I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, three under or four under and missing by one or two shots. And so it, it was good. I thought I played well. I just, you know, maybe could have aimed at a couple more pins or, 
just you know even gotten one more putt to go and made it to the weekend and taken it low. So, but sure. I enjoyed being up there for sure. Well, you should be a fan favorite here. Obviously, University of Minnesota and uh, Tom Lehman was up just the other day off mic. We were talking there. He he, he opened the Lehman 18 officially. They had the uh, go for marching band here and played the rouser after he hit his first tee shot. So that was pretty cool. He's a also a U of M. At, uh, I don't know if he's a grad, but he did attend there. Yeah, yeah, he's a legend. He uh, he he has our he he donated our practice facility at Minnesota. So oh, sure, yeah, cool. that's yeah. that's special. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, and this year you guys will be playing the Dutch, which uh, the nine of the holes is brand new. So that'll be uh, kind of interesting for you. Of course, you shuffle courses every week, but guess it doesn't matter if it's new or old if you haven't played it before but uh, the Dutch just got done this uh, just recently so it should be an interesting challenge for you guys yeah no I'm I'm super excited about that that'll be I think that'll be fun for everybody to kind of see the different holes the property has to offer for sure how about long-term goals Thomas obviously maybe uh, the tour is in mind but uh do you want to stay in the in the in the profession as you as you progress through life? Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know my goal right now is to get onto the Corn Ferry Tour, and yep. you know I'm just kind of kind of trying to find my way there. You know, it's not the not the easiest thing in the world to to just will your way there. And so I'm trying to figure out the process that works best for me yeah. um, to get myself there. So. What's a typical week with practice and playing and travel for you? How much practice are you getting in when you're on the road so much? Um, I play quite a bit. I've uh, l- last season up here, I played Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, basically every week. I think this year I've pretty much played Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday every week. Maybe not 18 holes every day, but at least nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then if I'm playing nine, I would say I tend to I'll probably practice for around two hours two to three hours um and then between that and just working out and um you know fitting into meals in between there <laughs> i think the days that we you know two, thursday and friday are really long days just because you're gonna warm up for an hour and then it's usually slower on the golf course it takes five and a half hours or so to you know actually get done so and then you know sometimes you want to practice afterwards just because you didn't you, you know find some feels or whatever but right, yeah yeah the job the, the job part of it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah you know you got to get your game in the right spot and sometimes you, you just need those long days so yeah i would say it's the time goes fast up here i'll say that we've all been saying that it seems like you know right yeah it just just flies by when you're playing golf and, and grinding on your game so <laughs> All right. Well, August 28th through September 3rd, uh, I think we're going to play in the Pro-Am here uh, with the station. Maybe we'd be awesome, l- yeah. lucky enough to get paired with you. That would be fun. Yeah, uh, we'll have to talk to the people. Tell them <laughs> to set it up. That'd be great. That's right. All right, Thomas, sure appreciate you taking the time, and uh, good luck the rest of the way up north, and uh, certainly good luck when you come uh, back to your home state here and play in the CRMC. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's Thomas Longbella, University of Minnesota golfer, and now on the PGA Tour Canada and hoping to do very well in the CRMC. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on The Fan.
Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Brought to you in part by Shannon's Auto Body with a new location to better serve the Brainerd Lakes area. And by Holiday Stores on Mill Avenue, Cross Lake, and now Excelsior Drive next to Cub Foods. Chris, we've got a very special guest, and we're Zooming it today. Uh, I'll let you handle the introductions. Yeah, I want to welcome my friend David Ford. David is uh, the Director of Player Development for a, a relatively new company called Clipped. And uh, uh, I'll let David explain more what Clipped is, but it basically Clipped is a uh, it's an all-encompassing game analysis tool uh, to help players and coaches with uh, with performance. And it's uh, uh, I've known about Clip for a couple of years, and it's I, I really think it's a game changer in the game of golf. So, David, I appreciate you coming on the show and taking time. Yeah, thank you. It's it's great to be here. Great to to see you guys, and uh, thanks for taking the time, Colin and, and Chris. I'm looking forward to it. David, t- tell us um, first what what is Clipped. So Clipped is really it's it's a platform, it's an app um, which just analyzes your whole game as a golfer. So there's a lot of data out there. Whether you go to a top tracer range, you use TrackMan in your lessons, there's GPS on the golf course. We really sort of pull that together to simplify your game as a player. So we give you an understanding, and it's not just about looking back. But it's about providing, you know, actionable insights. So, as a player, you can be focused on your practice, and as an instructor, you can really see the truth around players. So, so it's you know, kind of that in in its simple form. And how how does it go about doing that? What what do you have to? You know, the player has to has some responsibility in it, and the coach has some responsibility. And what type of daddy do you have to collect? Yeah, so unless you're on the PGA Tour where they've got Shotling working for you, there's a little bit of responsibility, you're right. Um, so, you know, in simple terms, you know, the data of what happens on the golf course. So, you know, collecting that, and we, we've got a number of choices that players can, can use, whether it's just manually entering it into our phone app or using other manual stats systems or embracing technologies like Arcos, Garmin, and we connect those and the data feeds in. So we want to be able to understand the player by knowing what's happening on the golf course. Um, and then, you know, we have the ability to to feed in practice drills, tests, trackman tests, lessons. Obviously, that sort of is where the responsibility, responsibility lies for the instructor. But it can all sit in this one platform so you can you can have access to, to kind of your whole golfing life in one place. Um, and I think there's a big difference in, in the way we actually analyze you know the individual with our with our metrics chris yeah there there are a lot of game analysis tools out there and what 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 makes clipped different than you know the the rest of those tools i think the fact that we're we're looking forwards we're not just sort of playing things back as to this is what's happened but something that's completely unique to us is our is our metrics the way we evaluate skill so a lot of the listeners will be very familiar with strokes gained um, it's been a big development in terms of understanding performance on the golf course, um, positively. But a lot of players don't necessarily still understand strokes gain and what it means for them. So we wanted to firstly make sure it was easy to understand our metrics, as in a whole number, but also encompass the context and any given shot. If you're playing up in you know Minnesota at the start of the season, as um, 
you know you were when I spoke to you last week. It was pretty fresh, right? And you know, you're playing in 45 degrees with a 25 an hour wind. It's very different to playing out in the desert where you know you've perfect conditions. So we can actually bring all of that context in, and we can show the difference between one shot and another, even though they may have been hit from the same distance. They end in the same distance, but those shots in the cold, windy conditions, we know are better golf shots. And so we can actually bring that data in and then play it back to a, to a player um, in that simple form, you know, giving that shot quality. And so it helps us to understand the skill of the player in any given environment, but also um, the trends, which is obviously really important. If you want validation as an instructor, you want to be able to see that the work you're putting in with a student is, is paying off and you can point to that very quickly. And I think that's, it's, it's a very powerful tool um, being able to deliver that yeah. for, for all the users. So, you know, kind of strokes gained in its simplest form, <clears throat> uh, com- you know, is basically, I even have a hard time explaining it, but it, it, it is, a sh- let's say a shot off the tee or a shot from a certain distance in the fairway, uh, how close you hit that shot in the fairway to, let's say, the pin, and how many strokes you would gain in comparison to the rest of the field to when you hit that shot. So for the average player, it's impossible to really have a true strokes gain. So clipped and you'll be able to understand or explain it better, it, it measures on a scale of 0 to 200. Yeah, that's, with, that's right. With 100 being uh, the average side, is that correct? Yeah, so 100 is tour average. So Tour average, yes. Effect, effectively equivalent to that zero strokes gained. Um, but obviously we add in the context yes. around shots. And so 200 would represent perfection. It's basically a hole in one. Um, zero is the worst possible scenario, like out of bounds. Um, sure. And, you know, obviously most of us, we're not um, playing at that tour level. Um, and that's an important part of, of the platform is really understanding what does good look like for you as a player. Sure. If your shots and your player quality is generally around 85, get a very quick understanding. And, and we're able to really shine a light on actually you improving based on what we know about you um, rather than a benchmark or some sort of standard understanding yeah. of the average 10 handicap, for example. Yeah. Interesting. So David, what, what was, uh, you were one of the founders of clips. What, what, what was your, you and your team's inspiration to do clipped and what, what were your backgrounds that have brought you into this arena? Yeah. So, um, Ed Crossman and Piers Parnell, um, you know, they were playing, Varsity golf at Oxford together um, too many years ago now to, to really sort of say how long it was. But, um, and I got to know them very, very quickly. You know what golf's like. We meet people. We stay friends for a long time, even if we don't necessarily see them that, that often. Um, and it was really all of the, the great technology that was coming forward in golf, whether it's TrackMan, Top Trace, the biomechanics, Swing Catalyst, some incredibly useful, powerful technologies but they weren't really talking to each other. And it became a very difficult job to actually really understand the relationship between those things. So we wanted to pull them into a platform whereby everything's in one place, but that was almost like a lost opportunity if that's all we did. So actually we want to analyze things. 
And Ed, being a triathlete, um, loved his Ironman, loved sort of really punishing himself, um, was a Strava user really from the get-go. And for those who don't really who aren't familiar with Strava, it's a platform which really started around cycling and running, um, whereby athletes could compare runs and you know, bike rides even though they were using different technologies to capture those. And it created this huge community. And you know, to the point at this point in time, they've got well over 100 million uh, subscribers to their platform. So that was really an inspiration, Strava and platforms like that. Um, and we felt like we could really sort of go the extra mile by analyzing all of this data. But I guess the key is with something so complex is how do you deliver it in a really simple way? I think those metrics and... Um, the visual design that we use is really key to that. So you don't have to be a data person, a stats person to get a lot out of the pub. You don't have to spend a lot of time digging around because we really surface things up um, to players and you know, instructors as well, Chris. Yeah, I mean, that that's one of the things that I think is so great about it is really without even diving deeply into the data, um, just by looking at, you know, I wish we could show our listeners kind of the, the the platform on the internet just by looking at the home screen you can really get a very good idea of uh what is impacting your score and and the areas that you need to work on to get better without you know have having to do a lot of data analysis it does it all for you yeah we really you know wanted to make sure that users didn't have to go looking for the information so as you say we have we have a feature called what to work on it's exactly that. It tells you, you know, what are the priorities, where's the low-hanging fruit within your game. Um, and it gets past those narratives that we're all guilty of creating as golfers. It's, it's an incredibly complex game. Um, emotion takes a big part in that. But this is really objective, and it's, it's just analyzed. The way you play golf, this is going to be the best use of your time. So we can make people much more efficient. If you're going for a lesson, your instructor can actually see what's happening what we should be working on so you can get much more value from those interactions with instructors um more value from practice sessions and that's a big thing for us it's about creating a pathway to to improve it you know actually improving at a faster rate and being efficient with your time i think chris can tell you i have a lot of low-hanging fruit in my game David, you know, tell us about about some of some of your users. One of one of the big uh, areas where you've made a lot of penetration has been in the college game, and um, both the men's and the ladies' NCAA championships are coming up in in a couple of weeks. The regionals are going on right now, um, and I, I think you've got a fair number of teams that are using clips and have had a lot of success. Yeah, we do. We've, um, I mean, we only really sort of launched in late October last year. So, you know, we've, we've made great progress in the college market. We've got around 30 top Division One teams using the platform at the moment. Um, and some are having record-breaking years. You know, like so the Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe's women's team. They've had five wins this season, um, having a long spell without wins. Wake Forest women, so, um, you know, and also, you know, very close to you there, the University of Minnesota, using the platform. Um, and, you know, the, the coaches are, are 
are really loving the experience because the players are, are able to engage in the data more quickly, they're able to collect the data more easily, but actually they can be much more sort of personalized with their practice sessions. Rather than be group sessions where they're all practicing the same thing, they can be really focused on individual skills, actually what's going to be the most effective use for them. And so we're seeing great results um, and really good levels of engagement. And I think, um, you know, something that's always been a challenge and you would have experienced it many times, Chris, is is actually that conversation with players, getting them to collect data on the golf course. It's, yeah. There's often a lot of pushback um, as to, oh, it takes too long or I don't understand what it's telling me. So those are things that we wanted to make sure we overcame by presenting things in an easy way, enabling it to be as quick as possible. And um, yeah, it's it's really working extremely well, particularly in the college space. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty neat to see. You know, and at the college game, if gosh, if if your players could just uh, you know, if if they can improve half a shot or one shot around. Over the course of most of the college tournaments are 54 holes and you've got five players. I mean, that, that's a significant uh, number and can take a team like the Louisiana women's team from being a, you know, not even in the picture to the one of the best teams in, in college golf right now. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's that's always been a, you know, a challenge for the coaches. How do we optimize time and really understand the players? And I think it's an important element. How do we understand what the players are doing when they're not in front of me, when they're away from the lesson team? Actually, how can we get feedback and engagement? So you know, you've used the platform, Chris. We, you know, we have this this feed on the homepage of the, the platform that most people would be very familiar with social media. But you can really connect with your players as to you know, what they're doing whenever you know, communicate with them. I think that's been you know, really valuable. And from a player's perspective, following your friends, that's you know, incredibly um, sort of rewarding and yeah. you know, provides an extra extra level of engagement. Absolutely. You know, David, I, I have a lot of people that will say to me, oh, I, I keep stats on my own all the time. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll keep track of the number of fairways they hit and the number of putts per round and, you know, greens and regulation, those type of things. But, you know, can you explain why? I mean, it's good to have that information, but why doesn't that generally have an impact on a player's play and practice and those things that they need to improve? Yeah, I think, you know, when we, we really look at the sort of the shot level data, so quite, quite granular, whether you're using Arcos, and that really helps us to understand you know, very um, precisely as to what actually drives performance for a player. I think, you know, I would rather have the fairways hit and greens hit data than not have it, mm-hmm. but it's it's very broad and actually doesn't allow us to be sort of as specific for an individual. So that's a good starting point for sure. But um, you know where we've we've got to, we can be very specific and precise um, with the analytics and um, sort of surface the DNA of a player because no two players are alike. I think that's what is unique about us. We really sort of shine a light on that. And the information that a player will get will be entirely around their game, uh, completely personalized to them. Um, and so I think that's that's a big differential and really sort of easy way to, to very quickly get a lot of results from, from the data you're collecting. And 
And that's you know a big reason why we we provide a free thirty day trial for all of our users, so they can you know give themselves a chance to collect that data and, and start seeing what to work on, and you know they see the value very quickly. How many how many rounds do you think you need to get in before you kind of have a a nice picture of where your game's at? Well, you will get a a picture straight away from the first round of, of nine holes you play. But we um, are what to work on, which is the most powerful feature within the platform. We require three rounds to light that up. So you can do it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, and and we get a good level of, of information there about your playing style, your tendencies. Um, and the more data you build up, obviously the better picture you, you get of a, of a player. But certainly from three rounds, you get a good understanding. And you can go from there and really shape practice and, and lessons. Oh, that's great, David. What what do you what do you see as as kind of the future of Clipped and just you know technology and golf in general? Where where do you see that that going? Yeah, I mean technology is coming thick and fast. Um, we can't avoid that, and we certainly see less friction coming into things now. Um, what I mean by that is collecting data on the golf course, you know, really using GPS tools. Arcos does a great job. They're one of our partners. Garmin does a great job. And these things are just going to keep evolving, whereby as a, as a player, it's just going to become so easy to collect that data, You know, whether it's a chip in the grip or just on my watch. And so we see that becoming you know, much more widely used um, you know, across the whole golfing space. Um, and then you know, as it becomes easier, it just becomes a complete no-brainer for, for golfers. And we've really started a, a performance end working with some of the best instructors and players, um, which is great to validate the product. Um, but we are, you know, very quickly moving into a sort of more mass market um, space where those social tools, creating leaderboards, engaging elements are really important. But actually, you know, we see ourselves linking back into the technology that the golfers use, whether they go to a top tracer range um, or a trackman range, or even if they're just at a local um, a short game area, whereby, you know, our suggestions of what to work on would feed straight into that technology. So, okay, I'm a top tracer. Great. My clipped says I need to work on this. Here's a game created because we all engage so well, you know, as soon as the games are there and yeah. you know, it's, it's about practicing the right things, but, you know, in a, in a good, enjoyable environment. That's, that's, that's kind of where we see it going to, you know, very quickly as well. That's, it, that's cool. What, uh, so how, how do people learn more about Clipped? You, you said you did a free 30 day trial, that type of thing. Give us, give us some information on that. Yeah. So they can go to our website, which is clipped.com. So it's B-L-I-P-P-D. It's clipped without an E, clipped.com. Um, and they can just, Click to sign up. They get a free 30-day trial, and then they can choose a subscription, whether it's a monthly or a six-monthly or annual subscription, um, and 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 kind of get get to it that way. And certainly, you know, a lot of instructors that we we work with will provide it to their students, or you know, provide them with links to to get started. So there's a number of ways, but I definitely recommend going to the website, and you know, we've got loads of information on there, loads of content. Um, some great stories as well from yes. my users. Well, that's great stuff, David. I, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing the story of Clipped and, 
giving us some more uh, stuff on how we can all get better at this great game. Yeah, well, uh, we want to enjoy it all. So, um, and if we can get better quickly, then um, we're going to enjoy it a whole lot more. So, we're really there to, to hope, hopefully uh, get people enjoy, enjoying the game more. Absolutely. Oh. That was David Ford with Clipped. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ The Fan, also streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. And wherever you find your podcast, you can find us under Lakes, Woods, and Irons. I want to thank David Ford from Clipped, great interview segment, and Thomas Longbella, a Minnesota native, University of Minnesota grad, who's coming to play in the CRMC Classic here just a couple of weeks away. Chris, that kind of leads me into uh, uh, these guys are so great, and we've seen so many of them have quite good success on the next two levels uh, since last year's CRMC. Um, we've had success at the British Open. We've had success on the Corn Ferry Tour with guys who were just here last year. So it really is a stepping stone to the to the big league, so to speak, and they're coming to town. Yeah, for sure. And- you know, we we talked about it when we had Jack Warrow on a couple of weeks ago. But you know, these if if they're playing the Canadian Tour, or, you know, they're they're one of the top really thousand players in the world. You know, so I mean that that is that is elite if you're if you're at that level. And um, you know, so much of it is is really is timing and playing playing your best golf at the right time and being able to. It's so it, it's very difficult to get your PGA Tour card, and you know you, you have to play well at you know really over about a, a eight week period, depending on what your exemption status is. And um, you know if 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 you're if you're a qualified player on the on the Canadian Tour, there you're really you're you're pretty close to being at that level. And there's so many different factors that that separate the those players um you know and it, it um it, it's an it, it's really an interesting study it's what it is i was listening to one of the one of the canadian tour guys talking about listening back to a win he had last year and he was kind of saying similar things he said you know it's rare when you have your game for four days and uh, he said I, yeah. ha- I happen to have my game for four days and when you do you better seize those moments because they don't come around very often no, you know, I, 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 I've, I've spent a lot of time with Jonathan Bird, especially when I was in South Carolina, and and my my boys know Jonathan very well because of their he, he lives at Sea Island and he spends a lot of you know a lot of time there playing and practicing and and Jonathan told me and he, you know he, he's he's won eight times on the PGA Tour so I mean he's he's had a hell of a career right you know he 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 said you know you don't need four good rounds. To to win on tour, but you, you, you got to play really well two or three rounds. Uh, he, he's, you can have, you can have one, you know, marginal round and one pretty good round, but you, you better have two really you know, pretty stellar rounds to be able to, you know, be on top of the leaderboard on the PGA tour. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting when you get their perspective, um, uh, you know, just just how how hard it is to to win out there. Yeah, yeah. 
This I'm interested in the qualifier coming up on Monday before the CRMC, Chris. Did you ever attempt to play in any of that, that kind of an event? You know, I, I was I was never at that level, Mac. I, um, yeah, you know, I was a I was a what I would call a, a pretty darn good high school player. <laughs> yeah, I was a very I, I was a very marginal college player. I was always you know, fifth, sixth, seventh man on my on my college team, and you know, I, I growing up, I, I you know, playing and playing with and competing against a guy like Gene Elliott, who was the number one ranked senior amateur last year in the world. Uh, Mike McCoy, who's the Walker Cup captain this year. I mean, those guys were they were so much better than me, <laughs> and they were they were just enough older that they were they were trying to play the PJ Tour and. Guy like Gene Elliott was, you know, as an amateur was was one of the top five amateurs in, in the whole country, and you know he, he kind of played the PGA Tour for for two years and couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't make it, and I and he was like ten shots better than me, so I <laughs> I had pretty I had pretty really realistic expectations where my game was at. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know my my. Uh, which was good because it, it allowed me to focus on what I what I did get good at, and that's uh, you know uh, teaching and and years ago running golf operations. And sure, yeah. So it's uh, I've I've had uh, I've had a pretty blessed career. So. Well, I think the pretty mi- fortunate. Thinking about the mindset of those guys who I mean, last year when we talked to Jack about it, there was guys came in from all over the country for the kind of sixty spots for that. Uh, qualifier and maybe uh, maybe yeah. half dozen will make it in the to the tournament. I think. I mean, they have the dream, obviously. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing how many players are out there, you know, chasing it. And you know, there, there's a great Twitter follow called Monday Q Info, and he follows every development tour there is, as well as kind of some of the college golf stuff, and uh, has all the. <laughs> all the information on all the Monday PJ tour qualifiers and all these developmental tours that are, you know, all over the country. And, uh, if you follow him, I mean, it's just, it's amazing how many guys are trying to chase it and find lightning in a bottle and, uh, at nowhere near the level that the, the guys on the, on the Canadian tour are. And, but they've got a dream and, you know, if they, if they have the money to be able to do it, it's, uh, Man, what a grind! It uh, um, it's interesting, right? Yeah, go out and fire a sixty-four and think you can do it, and then realize yeah, that these exactly. guys shoot sixty-four every week. <laughs> yeah, you know it, it's 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 no different that you you know you get a, a kid at a at the local club who you know is a scratch player and uh, you know shoots right around that, and all all the members think, hey, this let's sponsor this kid to go out and play. And they don't realize, you know, that the average guy in the PA tour on their home course is a plus eight or nine handicap. <laughs> yeah. <But> yeah. <laughs> he's only about 10 shots off. <laughs> yeah. On a good day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Chris, thank you, my friend. I'll let you get back to your profession. <laughs> Thanks, Mac. Have a good weekend. You too. That's Chris Foley. I'm Colin McDonald. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on The Fan.